0: ChatGPT in particular. It's not an AI model that was trained to be accurate or trained to be factual. It was just trained to generate text. And so you have these problems where it might have generated something really coherent and compelling, but it's not totally accurate. Still needs a lot of human oversight and involvement in the process. Where I think it's better to think of it as like a co-pilot. We'll get to the point where it is like more hands-off or more autonomous or we have just higher confidence in that output. But even then, you need a human to sit there and and think about how to develop that, how to design it, what does success look like for that task, all these things. Again, there's just like so much work to be done.
1: Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Welcome back to this episode of The Social Complex Podcast. I am your host, Hillary Applegate. Today, we're talking about the buzz, and that buzz is chat GPT and AI. Artificial intelligence has been around for a long time. It is not a new industry. It is not a novel concept anywhere from the arts and how robots are taking over the world all the way to simply automation and day-to-day tasks. But what has changed is that now we have ChatGPT, which is accessible, powerful, and an indicator of what is to come in artificial intelligence, not just how it'll be used in business, but in life. Today I interviewed Rachel Woods on what that impact is going to look like for the past, present, and future of our world. Rachel Woods is a leading voice on applying AI in practical and useful business applications. Her expertise spans across large-scale ML systems from her time as a research data scientist at Meta to applying AI in the most niche of spaces from her journey founding and building an AI-enabled e-commerce platform for artisan wineries. Now Rachel is building the AI Exchange with the mission of helping people use AI to its fullest in their work, products, and life. In this episode, we are exploring that impact of AI on our world, on our society, and our workforce. We are exploring how the industry was before the current hype, discussing the ways that AI is changing the way in which we search for and discover information online and examine how jobs will be impacted by this technology. As AI continues to advance at an unprecedented pace, it's important to understand its potential implications for society. Will AI completely change the role of traditional search engines? What does the future of the workforce look like with AI in the mix? These are just a few of the questions that we're going to be answering on today's podcast. Let's get into it. So tell me a little bit about you, your background, Rachel. How did you even land in this industry that didn't really exist and wasn't on the map like 30 years ago?
0: Yeah, so um, I actually started my career in marketing and basically through a series of kind of like internships and different side projects, I became pretty obsessed with um, kind of the intersection of marketing and data, analytics, automation, even like natural language processing and understanding. Like I remember like an early project I did was scraping Reddit and trying to use Python and um, uh, data science kind of concepts to understand what people were even talking about on that Reddit and kind of build like personas out of that in like an automated way. And that basically just kind of became a lot of my... Obsession and guided a lot of my career to where I ended up teaching myself to code a lot, uh, became a data scientist and then was a data scientist at Meta for a while on uh, a research team that was sitting within ads. So it was kind of this interesting intersection of working on the marketing problem space, but thinking, okay, how do we build better ads products that especially help like small businesses? you know, have more effective reach and kind of a lot of those problems. And so through all of those experiences, I feel like I've just inched closer and closer into AI. And as for me, the exciting part is always figuring out how to apply that. So, you know, you might have this like really interesting new technique. Okay. Well, what does that mean for business? What does that mean for people? What does that mean for work? And that's just I feel like a lot of maybe, I guess, just in my DNA. Um, and then, Yeah, AI itself has just, I mean, it's not a new industry. It's been around for a while, but I think where it's traditionally been used most is big tech, big organizations that have the resources, have the data, have the teams, have the expertise to really go in and harness the technology and capabilities to its fullest. Being in those big tech companies at that time was nice, but it's even more fun now. I think that AI is like in the mainstream is something that like you and I can use. And
1: that's definitely the progression that we've seen as far as the accessibility part that you mentioned, where these companies have been using AI to help them sort all of this data and be able to make use of it in a much quicker and more efficient fashion. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing it in the mainstream, specifically chat GPT is the latest buzz What was the industry like before all of that hype?
0: Yeah. So um, even the technology behind ChatGPT is not as new as people might think. Really, the technology behind it is this thing called Transformers. They've been around for a while. Um, I was using some of the early versions of this when I was at Facebook. right? I remember getting access to GPT, the model that powers ChatGPT, like over a year ago, it's just a weird experience where you're typing something and you click submit and then it just types more stuff and you're like, okay, this is like kind of bizarre, right? And then how do I use this? It just felt like so like unfamiliar. Now I feel like, you know, partially because the application itself of ChatGPT is like so easy to use, but also we have so many more ideas, so many more people, so many more diverse perspectives. Like the sense of the use cases and the public's like kind of the the average business person or professional's sense of where this technology can be helpful has just exploded a lot. Um, and I feel like that's even kind of feeding back into the research, into the people who are making this technology to help them figure out where to take this technology next. So it just feels like it's a lot more on everyone's minds. We have a lot more ideas, a lot more sharing and a lot more momentum, in my opinion. What
1: are some of those use cases that, you know, ChatGPT and other, I would say, more publicly accessible AI tools that are starting to come out, what are those use cases that you're seeing most often? Is it search? Is it discovery?
0: I mean, there are so many use cases across, like, both our personal life and our professional life. I spend a lot of my time talking to people about their professional life, and I think people just across the board are using ChatGPT to help kind of create any type of content that they may need to make in their day-to-day work. Um, so things like documentation for internal purposes, like writing proposals for clients or writing project plans, or even writing performance reviews. It, it's kind of, It sounds kind of funny, but in reality, how I've heard people experience it is, I know what I want to say about this person's work. I know what I want to communicate to them in terms of feedback. I'm just using ChatGPT to help me kind of articulate that and make sure that it's, you know, basically elaborate on what I'm already kind of thinking and help me do that translation or document in a much higher quality way than if I were to write it myself. And so it's just funny.
1: That is funny. And I'm trying to like hack the human brain on that as far as like the perception of how we communicate with other people or like our ability to communicate with other people and express ourselves in a succinct way is practice and something that comes naturally to some people and really unnaturally to other people. And so I see the positive of this as far as like enabling leaders of different styles to be able to be effective and, you know, fill in some of those human gaps potentially But on the flip side, I'm also like, are we taking away or is it not not like a, you know, immediate crisis way, but like, is that going to be something that over time and over decades, we start to lose that like ability to learn and, you know, are we going to use it as a crutch, essentially, is what I'm wondering.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, one thing that I like to keep in mind is that humans have always adapted and evolved right through every major shift. Like the fact that we spend all of our time now sitting on computers, not even in offices anymore. We sit on computers at home. Like those are pretty major shifts from how people used to work, right, where you used to have to rely on like physical labor. And so I think like things are definitely going to change like communication is something that's top of a lot of people's minds but I'm I guess I'm just generally like an optimist that we're going to figure out what new way we need to learn or h- create balance in our lives or kind of evolve to this world where yeah maybe AI is contributing a lot more to our communication than it is today.
1: Yeah. And then that also goes back with use cases as far as you know kids using it for their homework Because obviously kids are going to be way smarter and way quicker to adopt technology than, you know, the older generations. Will there ever be a way for academia, for example, to be able to vet whether or not a piece of content or a homework was written by AI or whether it was actually completed by a student?
0: I think one approach that's being developed right now is the idea that we could watermark text so that we could detect whether it was written by an AI system versus written by a human. However, the other side of all of this is there was a point in time, I remember when I was in school, where using a calculator was kind of a controversial thing in some math classes. And I don't think I'm any less capable of contributing to the world because I rely on a calculator to do math than being able to do all of that in my head. And so I think on that too, there's this question of, is what we've taught in schools where the information or the type of work that could be done by chat and we're afraid of students using, well, is that even what school should be maybe AI systems can write the first draft of something and actually what a student should be challenged to do is how do you take that first draft and make it incredible right and that's a different skill set that is fascinating
1: i do think that originally when chat gpt came on the kind of media cycle and my husband does not work in marketing or anything and i'm like i've I, i've been familiar with you know assistant copywriting and whatnot and creative and visuals. And I'm like, it's not like that crazy to me. And then I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, this is pretty cool. (laughs) Like it is really profound in what it can do and what it can put out and what I think the accessibility of it, like the fact that it is free and trial right now and they're in that research phase, I just think is really interesting. But those questions about how this is going to shake up industries, I feel like I get more and more information, like what you just said about how it's going to impact how schools teach and how kids learn and what they learn in their academics. We know it's going to shake up content creation. What other industries do you think are going to be pretty impacted by this technology?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see the impact of AI in every industry. And we have already seen the impact of AI in a lot of industries. The digital world has this nice advantage where you can actually switch from doing something one way to doing something a different way pretty quickly. So I think any business that relies on kind of digital work, right, knowledge work um, type professions, that's going to change a lot, like really quickly. And then outside of that, professions that have more of a in-person and physical nature to them, I think those will also be impacted. That might happen a little bit slower because it's like harder to – move and change physical things than it is digital things. I really think it's going to be across every industry. And one trend that I'm seeing is a lot of what AI can help us with is not only automating our like mundane manual work that maybe we didn't extremely fast in those spaces. I see the same thing for writing emails, right? Most people don't like writing emails. But even there are other types of things we do where maybe... You weren't an expert in creating graphic designs, but now maybe with an AI tool, you can create amazing graphic designs in a much more approachable and dynamic way.
1: So people say when they hear stuff like that, they're either very excited about it and say, wow, amazing. I cannot wait to have this technology in my pocket, make my life easier, run around the world and do everything that I want to do. And then you have people that are like, uh, that sounds like it's going to take my job. You know, like what, what am I going to be left with? What am I going to do? What do you foresee as the future for how AI is going to impact workforce?
0: My perspective here is similar to what, you know, we talked about earlier, which is that people have always adapted. And one thing that is hard to have trust in today because it requires us imagining something that's kind of hard to imagine is this idea that there are going to be a lot more like new jobs and new functions created out of this wave than we can even sit here and name today. If you asked someone kind of pre-internet or even pre-social media what new jobs are going to be created, like I really doubt there was consensus on the idea that we were going to have such thriving professions, managing a community, all of these things that now are so second nature today. I think we're going to have a huge new set of professions and jobs to be done kind of as we progress in AI as well.
1: Hmm, that's a point. A good point. <laughs> I, I uh, always think back to an early example of when I was in college and there was this guy that said, I've told the story a zillion times, but he said that social media is not going to be a career. No one should focus on it. And that was like the moment I was like, I'm going to double down on this because this guy doesn't see it. And there's something to be said about industries that are creating new opportunities for workforce, even though, like you said, people don't necessarily understand it quite yet or the capacity that it has. But that's not to say that it's not going to completely grow and flourish and and create new roles. I will say it sounds like the opportunities might be more for knowledge workers. Do you see and foresee that same impact for more of the physical labor roles in the workforce?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... Hard to say, again, because I I do think that the pace of technology adoption is really different between digital-based industries and physical ones. But one thing I think about with any type of physical-based industry is just the fact that as we have AI maybe doing more and more in our daily life, there is going to be so much more demand for human connection, human creativity, human problem-solving. The other thing that I think about is like, Let's imagine maybe we get to a world where AI helps us be like a lot more efficient, a lot more productive in all types of work. Okay, well, maybe that's not such a bad world anyways, right? Um, you know, I, I know right now we have the 40-hour work week is kind of the norm. I'll be honest. I work way more than 40 hours. I feel like a lot of people work way more than 40 hours in a week, you know, for us to get to a world where we are working smaller amount and maybe that work is just higher quality. I think of the fact that every time I'm on vacation or traveling or have a little bit more downtime in life, I'm able to be so much more creative, have so many like better ideas, problem solve better, work through some of the things that have been top of mind. And so like I would also be really excited about a world and a future where that's more the norm than kind of what we live in right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With AI in general too, correct me if I'm wrong, but can it work autonomously without human input from the start? Like without that human input from saying, here's what I want you to accomplish or here's what I want you to do. Can it work without that that level of engagement?
0: So it really depends. Right now we're also very early in this next wave of AI technology. So chat GPT in particular, is very limited in its ability to, quote unquote, be autonomous, right? It's not an AI model that was trained to be accurate or trained to be factual. It was just trained to generate text. And so you have these problems where um, it might have generated something really coherent and compelling, but it's not totally accurate, still needs a lot of human oversight and involvement in the process, Where I think it's better to think of it as like a co-pilot. Now, that being said, certain tasks, certain things that we are trying to get AI to help us with like, will get to the point where it is like more hands-off or more autonomous or we have just higher confidence in that output. But even then, you need a human to sit there and, and think about how to develop that, how to design it, what does success look like for that task, just all these things. Again, there's just like so much work to be done um, to mm-hmm. even get these systems to the place where they could be useful.
1: And that's also because of how much data it's working with. That human oversight has to be a huge load at this point. So let's talk about, you know, the the risk too with the fact that humans are needing to be that voice of reason and understanding what is and isn't, you know, legitimate, is not isn't real. I know we're in a hot topic all the time about fake news, especially with social media, just how quickly and rapidly information can spread. And we saw that with 2016 elections. We saw that, you know, with Twitter, we've seen it. Now with this ability to mass produce content how, and knowing that that has to be that oversight to some degree of, if, is it real or is it not real? How are folks in the AI industry thinking about that as far as a, a potential roadblock um, and, and how they can, you know, manage that?
0: Yeah. So I think one thing is that the problems introduced today by the fact that we can create a lot of content really cheaply, they aren't actually new problems. So, you know, we've been able to use people to generate bulk misinformation in the past. All that's changed is the volume and cost associated to that problem. So one thing I am optimistic about is the fact that we already have systems in place and a lot of these social media companies and software companies to do things like fact checking and that is just going to be increasingly important. And so I think that the fact that now we're going to have this like flood of low quality content on the internet, right, whether it's like you're searching for something and now There's going to be a flood of low-quality AI-generated content in your search results or you're on TikTok and you have a flood of AI-generated content on TikTok. Again, the counterpoint to that is people have generated low-quality content also for a while. (laughs) Sick of Rachel. (laughs) Um, Right? Like that's just the world we're in where recommendation algorithms, curation – ranking feeds, us as consumers, deciding what we want to see and want to engage in. That's just how we've already been. And so I think that those problems are real, but the solutions kind of already exist and just going to need to continue getting better.
1: That brings up a really interesting point about the algorithms and how they are tailored to your specific individual unique experience and how you are engaging with content feeding you the content that is going to be most relevant to you. You can stop me if you're like, this is outside of my wheelhouse, but I feel like you'll be able to speak to this. So with the retirement of cookies that has been impending and coming down the line for a long time, we know we're going to lose that third-party access that we had used so heavily and relied on, especially with like programmatic digital advertising. And we are moving still into like, how can you track and monitor behavior, interest, engagement. It's a lot easier within the social platforms themselves, but cross-platform, like you're losing a lot of visibility there. I'm really curious about how this increase in like the amount of content is going to impact the cert, like the results that you get. Because as a human being myself, I don't care to see things that are not relevant to me. And that's why I love TikTok. I get on there and I'm like, I get some giggles within 10 minutes and I'm out.
0: Again, we're already in a world of hyper personalization, right? Like we've already been in that world. And I think that that trend is just going to continue to increase, right? Again, you love TikTok because you've trained it. You've trained your feed to show you what you want to see. And that's incredibly powerful. What we might see more of is – AI helping create more content that fits what you are looking for and what you like to see, and I think that that's not a bad thing. The other side of this, though, is like I think people, when they think about AI-generated content, they think about like kind of like the the junk that's going to be created. And maybe if there's like one thing to take away on this issue, is like I feel like we're just not going to see ranking algorithms and rec- recommendations and, and these like feeds in place. So if anything, there's just upside for us as consumers of being able to have access to content that makes us laugh in our unique niche weird ways because maybe there's like some story that was generated that's really fun and inspires us. And that's now newly possible because the fact that we have AI that can help us kind of create this content and scale.
1: And speaking of content that's relevant to you and individually to you, I feel like the search industry is, in my opinion, one of the things that's going to get the most shooken up by because we're not going to be playing into this whole idea. Like, I want to know how SEO is going to be impacted with, like, the search engine optimized web pages, blogs, keywords, ranking, everything like that. Because now we're starting to see the ability to get the exact answer to the exact thing that you want. And it might not be perfect today, but I'm seeing the writing on the walls. And I actually did see that on your your TikTok page that you had mentioned something about Google and their you know, multi-interest. And I was like, Rachel, I want to hear that on the podcast. What are your thoughts?
0: This is something I'm concerned about, if I'm being honest. And it's the fact that, to me, I think the search business model is inevitably going to change. I almost think of it as we're moving towards the answer business model, which is the idea that information is going to be fed into giving us that answer. Right there, you know, in GPT, right, people are asking questions and then getting an answer. And like, that's the experience that we want. In fact, Google has been going this direction for a long time with the whole featured snippets. We're just seeing that now, like in the extreme. So this is this feels to me inevitable that's going to happen. Where my concern comes in is there's a lot less space in an answer for the creation of some of the economic value that comes out of the search business model that we've had today. For example, the whole idea of creating content to get ranked on Google is that you get traffic in return. All of that changes a lot if we only have an answer. And even if we have citations, say in that answer with a link to go click to that website, people got the answer already. So are they really going to click through to that that page? Are they really going to get the traffic in return for creating the content that does power that answer? And I even see it And something people aren't talking about as much as I think we should yet is even how that changes things like e-commerce. Because you could imagine right now, if you're using, say, like Bing Chat is one of the more popular examples of this kind of answer um, engine today, it's powered by AI, um, you could imagine saying, okay, yeah, go book my flight for me right here. Go buy that camera that was recommended. Go buy that microphone. Like, you could transact all in that chat experience, okay, what does that look like, right? All of a sudden, that's a huge shift in the way that people are making purchasing decisions that, again, like erodes kind of what we know today about you know growing and selling online.
1: Yeah. And let, let's explore that a little bit. Let's go down this road. So pulling from your quote earlier, every new technology is going to provide a a shift in the market, a shift in jobs and create new jobs or new ways in which we operate and how we show up. So we can imagine that the e-commerce side of business is going to be heavily impacted by this. The need for people to go and do their homework and do their research versus relying on a tool that is you know objectively going to be providing kind of the best you know electric toothbrush for example the top rated one for you just to go buy and then go buying it for you what are some ways in which you could foresee not like a crystal ball style but like a potential opportunity how do you think that advertising is going to change
0: yeah I mean, so I guess first, this is, you know, based a lot on, of course, speculation, but I think, again, if you look at some of the trends that we've been seeing, it's reasonable to expect that those just continue and accelerate with AI. One I think about in shopping is Amazonification or whatever the, uh, (laughs) you know, um, the official coin term is, but of so many things that we buy, right, Amazon... Part of the magic there is you think of, I need an electric toothbrush, you go on Amazon, you search electric toothbrush, you look at maybe a few results, you pick one that has good stars and free shipping, and you click buy. The conversion rate on that website is just profound compared to other ways that we have ever bought things before. And it's because people are just using it for their day-to-day utility on a lot of items. And so you can imagine electric toothbrush has the same experience, right? And searching for something via chat is just like, yeah, just give me the best one. And so I I think that that could mean a lot of changes for the ways that people advertise some of those products, whether it's just like competing on quality, competing on um, customer reviews, experience, again, a lot of the stuff that you need to do to do well on a platform like Amazon. But the other like side of this, to name the other trend, right, is that people buy from people. And people, you know, purchase a lot of things from TikTok because they've followed that business owner and they love the story behind it and they love the individuality of it and they're buying for a totally different set of reasons. And so like that also I would expect will continue and maybe also be amplified by if your shopping experience for the toothbrush is boiled down to just searching something in a chat box and saying, okay, purchase, then what are all the other things that you really do care about the the story and the human connection and where's the space for that? So again, I think my general take is just that AI is going to continue and accelerate a lot of the trends that we're already seeing in a way.
1: It's interesting you brought up the purchasing from TikTok or like the whole idea of TikTok made me buy it. I would say more niche creators to be able to have a platform, have a say. I mean, even you use TikTok to educate and build community and, you know, get out there with what you're working on in the AI space. I, I do think that that could lean back to your idea of human selling to humans Like, is social media going to be a pivotal part of that connection point and that selling? I don't want to say more so than website, but that could be a potential down the road. Thoughts?
0: I would totally agree, right? There are so many things that we buy with very little human connection backing them up, right? But there are also so many things that we buy specifically because of the human connection. I think this is kind of a person-by-person basis, but I prefer buying things where I look at that candle that I think of like the memory of the farmers going to the farmer's market with my mom and buying from, you know, Linda, who's been running this like candle business for a really long time. There's just a a difference in those experiences.
1: And is it fair to say that what is driving this ultimately? Is the fact that humans are like wanting to optimize their life as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And like, what are you optimizing for? I think people optimize for saving time, saving money, not spending time on things that they don't enjoy and also human connection, right? Like people aren't just looking for and optimizing for one goal. It's part of what makes us human, right? But we have different things in our life that we look for different things.
1: So what words of advice would you give to people that are in industries that are working in, you know, jobs that can be and probably will be impacted by technology that is going to take on more of the administrative tasking, more of the search engine recommendations, more of giving people like dynamic answers, content, etc. What would you say to them if they're sitting here listening to this saying, Okay, but like now what? What do I do? How do I prepare? What's my best path forward?
0: I think that by spending time with these tools or by spending time listening to how other people are processing this technology wave, you can get a better sense of kind of what point of view or what perspective to look at. Like I think actually the first step is just paying attention. But then within that, you know, this is basically what we do with the AI exchange. Our whole goal is to make it as easy and approachable for people to get started, start having some small successes and wins in their work and business using AI. And I think that that's a lot of what the next three to six months is going to be about, right? which is starting to get comfortable with some of this new technology find some ways that it can help you do your job better or live your life better based on what you're trying to do and then be able to kind of uh, continue to grow from there. The other thing that I think about a lot is we talked about earlier, there's a whole new set of skills and professions that are going to emerge out of this. One that I see a huge gap on right now is people that understand how to bring AI and automations together for small businesses there's a ton of people that want that type of work and those types of services and not many people that know how to do that. And so, I think by paying attention and starting to learn some of this stuff, like you're going to set yourself up really well to be really valuable in kind of as the world transitions to this next technology.
1: I love it. Rachel, this has been like I don't want to say it but one of my favorite episodes. Like I love everything that you have shared and the experience that you have is so niche and so relevant to this. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing everything with our audience. And I know you mentioned AI exchange. Tell us a little bit more about that
0: and what you guys are building over there. First of all, like thanks so much for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. I think especially in the marketing space there's so much that's changing and it's a really exciting time to be thinking about it. What we're doing at the AI Exchange as I mentioned, we're a, you know, a community and a media company focused on helping people adopt AI in their work. We have a newsletter which we send two times a week where we focus on kind of breaking down what's the important trends going on that you should be aware of and then we highlight a use case. So you can start getting ideas of how it can be used in your work. We um, also have the full archive available on our website, which is a huge treasure trove of information of just like ways to go and get started. And then for people who are actively, you know, looking to just kind of cut through the noise and get hands-on support and be in a like-minded community of other people who are applying AI, we do have a membership in the community that we run. And then for this podcast, anybody who's uh, in your guys' In your listener base um, you know, I'd be really excited to have more of a, a marketing presence in it we have a lot of really amazing marketers who are already applying AI across a bunch of different types of their work so I'll uh, share a little a code um, for anybody who wants to join to get uh, 50% off for the, the first month just so that they can come check it out and see what we're doing
1: I love it, those will be in the show notes for anyone who is interested Rachel, have a fun, fantastic rest of your day Fantastic too as well And we will catch up uh, on TikTok because I will be there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Social Complex podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories deep dives and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your Social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.yoursocialhq.com. I'm your host, Hilary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.